You're listening to the Grace Church Podcast, a weekly podcast dedicated to bringing you biblical guidance to life's most important issues. We want to thank you for joining us for this week's message. We pray you find strength and encouragement as we learn from God's truth together. For more information, go to visitgracechurch.com. What's up, Grace Church Online? My name is Kent. I'm so glad to be with you today. I want to start off our day with a question. This is a serious question. Uh, I want to know, what is the deal with our culture's fascination with zombies? Now, I know that's a weird way to get started, um, but for real, like what's going on with the zombies? Um, Personally, it's not my thing. I mean, I'm not really into the zombie thing, but Millions of people around the world apparently are, and uh, that's intriguing to me because we're talking about zombies. Uh, zombies, these, these strong, robotic corpses with rotting flesh, an unusual walk, a ravenous appetite. seems like their only mission in life is to uh, feed that appetite by eating the living. And so it's a strange thing to me that we're so fascinated with it. Now, I think zombie popularity actually took off with the movies, and particularly in the 70s. You had movies like, um, you know, Night of the Living Dead, and then there was Return of the Living Dead because, you know, Night of the Living Dead wasn't enough. And then, and then we had uh, The Day of the Dead and The Dawn of the Dead and Shaun of the Dead, uh, just a lot of dead movies. Um, and then recently, more recently, we had movies like World War Z or uh, I Am Legend or Zombieland. Heck, even Scooby-Doo got into the mix. Scooby-Doo and Zombie Island, of all things, which that actually makes more sense to me. But, you know, here we are just fascinated with zombies. And and currently, there is a series on television called The Walking Dead. And believe it or not, it is actually in its 10th season. And it has captured the imagination of millions. And uh, in this show, they actually call zombies, they, they have named them affectionately, walkers. They just call them walkers. They're simply called walkers. And you know why? It's because you can always tell a zombie by their walk. You can always tell a zombie by how they're walking. Now, what if I were to tell you that zombies are real? Like we actually have the dead walking among us. And what if I were to tell you also that all of us were once zombies? And in fact, some of you still are. I know that sounds a little bit rude, but some of you still are zombies, and you just don't even know it yet. Now, the Bible actually speaks of people who, were, who are alive, but they're actually dead. And it also speaks of people who were once dead, but have now been made alive, kind of a zombie reversal right there. But the question is, how do we tell the difference between the, the living and the dead? Well, you can tell the difference by their walk. Because you can always tell a zombie by their walk. But you can always tell the living by their walk. And today we are going to be looking at both of these walkers as we continue our series called All About Him in the book of Ephesians. Now we're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter number 2. So if you want to join me there, that would be great. Now as you're doing that, I want you to ponder this question. This is a question we're going to be asking throughout our time today. And that's this. How's your walk? How's your walk? As you think about that, let's pray. Let's ask the Lord to uh, help us understand 
scripture today. So, Father, we love you. We give you praise. You're worthy of praise. God, we're coming before you because we want to know more about you. We're in a series called All About Him. And, God, I pray that that's exactly what our time is right now, that it's all about you. And, Father, I pray that you would join each one of us. Each one of us came here with a need. Each one of us are are wanting to learn more about you. Each one of us are, are trying to understand how to be closer to you. And, God, I realize that there are some people perhaps watching today that don't know you at all. And so, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself today. And, Father, we just need you to do the work that only you can do. And we ask you to do it in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So a quick series recap here, our our series all about him. We are looking at the New Testament letter called Ephesians. And this letter was written by the Apostle Paul. It was written to a group of believers in the ancient city of Ephesus. And this was actually a church that Paul started himself. And he's writing this letter back to them. And the theme of this letter just so happens to be the same theme to our series, which is that it's all about him. Literally throughout the letter, he is just pointing people back to God. Hey, look, it's all about him. Life is about him. Love is about him. Relationships are about him. All things are about him. And it's going to be no different today. Now, this is week three of our series. In our first week, we saw that Jesus' followers are actually chosen by God to be blessed by him. Last week, we saw that Jesus' followers are given the knowledge of God to know him. And now this week, we're going to see that Jesus' followers are actually made alive by God. We're made alive by God. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you've become a follower of Jesus, uh, and I realize, again, I I know that there's some of you watching that you're not a follower of Jesus, and, and maybe somebody invited you to church online today, and that's awesome. We're glad that you joined us, and I think today's going to be encouraging for you, and, and I just hope that you hang in there as we go through this message, but we're glad that you're here. But for those of you who are followers of Jesus, you have been a maid, you have been a maid, that's like an Italian, All right? you have been made alive by God. You've been made alive by God. Now, if you've been brought to life by Christ, that can only mean one thing, that you were once dead without Christ. And that's our first point today. We are dead without Christ. Now, that seems kind of stark. That seems kind of like cold, like right in your face. But, you know, Jesus equals life. No Jesus equals death. Um, But that's actually the biblical definition of death. Being dead in the Bible does not mean ceasing to exist. Being dead in the Bible means being separated from God. So when we talk about being dead without Christ, we're talking about the fact that your eternal soul lives on forever. And it either lives in connection with God, alive, or it lives on in, uh, separated from God, dead. In fact, one of the other New Testament writers put it like this. He said, he that has the Son, has life. And whoever does not have God's Son does not have life. That's 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 12. Now this is the way Paul put it in Ephesians chapter number 2 and verse number 1. He said, and you, speaking to the believers in Ephesus, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. We were Uh, You, he made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins. So what was the cause of death? What was the cause of separation from God? The cause was trespasses and sins. 
Those are the things that separate us from relationship with God and keep us from Him. Now, just for clarity's sake, uh, I want you to understand, we're not talking about mistakes. Mistakes are something entirely different, different than trespasses and sin. Mistakes aren't that serious. (laughs) Mistakes are something we can apologize for. Mistakes are the product of insufficient knowledge. That's not what we're talking about. We're not dead because we're mistakers. We're dead because we are sinners. And that's the problem. We're dead because we are sinners. Trespasses and sins are much weightier than mistakes. These are intentional violations against God, offenses against God and against others. These are planned mistakes, planned evil. See, sins are when we know better and we decide to do it anyway. And we've all done that. Every single one of us have done that. We've known what's right and we decided to do what's wrong. That's what sin is. Which means if we've all sinned, that means that we're all dead. That means that we're all zombies. We are dead without Christ. And because we're dead, there's something wrong with our walk. Something's gone wrong with the way that we walk. Look what it says in verse number two. In verse number two, Paul says, in which you once walked. And when he says walk, he's not talking about literally walking. What he's talking about is our behavior, our conduct, the way that we are human in this world. He says, in which the trespasses and sins, you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. That's a reference to the devil. The spirit who now works in the sons or the children of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath just as others. Wow, that's harsh. That's some harsh language. I mean, tell us how you really feel, Paul, about zombies. I mean, what? that's harsh language. But that's the truth. That's, that's what it is. Now, how do we know that we're dead? I mean, how do we know that? Well, he says it right here. There's, it's your walk. Your walk gives you away. There's something strange about our walk. We're not walking the way that we were created to walk. Our conduct, our way of being human in this world is not according to God, God's design, but rather it's according to the course of this world. It's according to the pattern set for us by the devil himself. It's according to the lust of our own flesh, our own desires. How's your walk? How's your walk today? Is there, a, is there an odd lean to it? You got kind of a funk in your step? Is there, a, is there, is there an arm dragging somewhere? Is your life a bit off Is the way that you're being human in this world, is it a bit off? Do you have a a ravenous appetite that you can't ever seem to get satisfied in? How's your walk? Because if that's the case, you might be a zombie. You might be a zombie. Your walk gives you away. Your way of being human in this world is a good indicator of whether or not you are alive or you're dead. You see, if you're walking after the pattern modeled by the devil himself, like pride and selfishness and indifference, instead of the pattern modeled by Jesus, 
things like humility and uh, submission and compassion and love and forgiveness, you might be a zombie. If you are walking after the course of this world instead of after the cause of God's kingdom, you might be a zombie. If you are walking after your own desires, after the lust of your own flesh primarily instead of the desires of God for your life, you might be a zombie. If your life is all about you instead of being all about him, you might be dead. You need to check your spiritual pulse. There may be a problem. I'm concerned for you, and God's concerned for you. How's your walk today? See, maybe you're dead, and you don't even know it. You know, you know, maybe for the first time, you're realizing that there's a difference between being a mistaker and a sinner. Maybe for the first time, you're realizing that, oh, wow, you know, I'm, I am, I'm separated from God, and sin has separated me, and I am a sinner. And I'm, maybe you're realizing those truths for the first time right now in this moment. Or maybe you thought that you were alive because you're religious or because, you know, you thought you were a good person or that you were only a mistaker. But now as we're talking, you're saying, well, man, as I compare my life, is my life, the conduct of my life and the way I'm being human in this world, is it really after God? Is it after his kingdom? Is it after the way Jesus lived? Is it after God's desires? Man, I don't know. Maybe you're realizing that for the first time. You know, I realized that I was part of the walking dead when I was 19 years old. And at the time, my life was a disaster. I was totally walking after the course of this world and the pattern that the devil had set in my life and after the lust of my own flesh. And because of that, man, there was just a mess. It was a disaster everywhere. There was brokenness and just, uh, it sickens me to even go into some of this stuff. It was just a total wreck. And at the time, I didn't even really realize what was happening to me. And, you know, a lot of those things I had guilt and shame about, but I certainly didn't think that I was dead. And I didn't really consider myself a sinner. I mean, I did, but not really that bad of a sinner. I mean, I didn't think, I thought I was a mistaker. Um, And I certainly didn't think that I was a child of wrath, like that I had God's wrath sitting on me until someone introduced me to Jesus. And all of a sudden, I saw this perfect way to be human in this world in Jesus. And I began to compare myself to that. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm dead. I'm a sinner. And I'm a sinner in need of a savior because dead people can't save themselves. Dead people can't resuscitate themselves. I'm in trouble and I need help. And I realized that when I was 19 years old. See, dead people can't bring themselves back to life. That's why Jesus Christ came into this world. In fact, Ravi Zacharias, this is a quote from him. He said, Jesus Christ did not come into this world to make bad people good. He came into this world to make dead people live. You see, we're dead without Christ. That's the bad news. But thankfully, Paul has some good news to share. You see, we're dead without Christ, but we're also alive with Christ. We're alive with Christ. You see, every follower of Jesus has a death story. Every follower of Jesus has a BC story, a before Christ story. We all have our before Christ days. And for some of us, man, that that story's tragic. Like mine, it was tragic. It was a mess. And for some of us, we just have a wake of carnage behind us. And our lost days and our, our death story is tragic. And for some of us, not so much. 
It wasn't that big of a thing. It wasn't, you know, there's not a lot to look back on and say, you know, I don't have a lot of scars from all that. I'm, I, not so much. But here's the reality. Whether it was tragic or whether not so much, you were dead. Dead. I was dead. And dead is dead. There's no good dead or bad dead. There's no worse off dead or not so bad dead. Dead is dead. Without Christ is dead. And that's a problem. You see, all followers of Jesus, all who've been made alive in Christ, you have a BC story. But praise God, you also have a BG story. You have a BG story. See, we're dead without Christ. But look what Paul says in verse number four. We're dead without Christ, but God, BG, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Isn't that awesome? But God... But God, aren't you glad that you have a BG story? I mean, if you're a follower of Jesus, aren't you glad that, that those two little words exist? Aren't you, don't you rejoice for those two things? Aren't you glad that God interrupted your death? Like you had this perfectly good death going on, and then God interrupted it. But God came in and saved the day. You see, we were sinners, but God showed us mercy. See, we were an enemy to God, but God loved us with his great love. We were dead, but God made us alive in Christ by his grace. We were buried. We were as good as buried. We were as good as gone. But God raised you up and made you sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is awesome. That is amazing. Praise God for our BG story in the immortal words of Ric Flair. Woo! That's what that deserves. Come on now. And don't answer yet because it gets better. It gets better. Look at verse number seven. He says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. What? What did I just read? That in the ages to come, he's going to show exceeding greatness of his grace, it's going to be more. There's more. So more than the grace that I'm getting now, more than the but God grace that I'm getting in this life, in the life to come, in the ages to come, there's exceeding more riches of his grace. Are you kidding me? I mean, that deserves a double woo. Woo -woo! Double Ric Flair. Come on now. How was your walk? How was your walk? Are you not excited about the fact that you are alive in Christ? You were once dead, and now you're alive. Are you walking like a person who's alive? Are you walking like a person who's been delivered from death row? You've been given life. You see, you were dead. You were flatlined. But God took the spiritual paddles of his Holy Spirit and brought you to life. Here's grace. Here's mercy. Here's truth. Here's love. And he brought you to life. You were flatlined. And guess what? There's no bill for that. The hospital isn't going to send you a bill for that. The doctor's not going to send you a bill for that one. It's free. It's free. It's a gift. Look what Paul says in verse number eight and nine. He says, for by grace, you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. You can't do it on your own. It's a gift from God. You can't earn it. You can't pay your way into heaven. You can't work your way into heaven. There's nothing you can do to gain your salvation. Only God can give it to you. Only life comes from Jesus. 
He says in verse number nine, it's not of works lest anyone should boast. We are only made alive by his grace and faith in him because it's all about him. Now, when I realized this at 19 years old, when first I realized that I was dead without Christ, a sinner, lost, without hope, but then someone told me, look, that's true, but here's the deal. God has given you a gift of salvation. He's given you a gift of grace, and it's Jesus Christ. God loves you, and he sent his son in the world to die for your sins, to take your sins upon himself, to take your death upon himself. And he wants relationship with you so badly that he did that for you. And he's offering you this gift of salvation. All you have to do is accept it. Kent, will you accept it today? And when someone presented me with that gift, you know what I said? Yes, yes, please. Can I have that? Yes. And the moment I accepted that gift, I mean, almost from the moment I accepted that gift, my life began to change. My walk began to change. I began to walk differently in this world. All of a sudden, I, I straightened up. All of a sudden, things started kind of getting normal for me. All of a sudden, my relationships started to straighten out. I started to see things differently. My whole trajectory of life changed because God made me alive because of the gift of his salvation. If you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you've received the gift of grace and you're saved from death. You're saved from wrath. It's as good as if you're already in heaven, but you're not yet. In God's mind, you're seated in heavenly places, but you're still alive here on earth. And there's a reason for that. You see, we're dead without Christ. We're alive with Christ and we're uniquely purposed in Christ. We're uniquely purposed in Christ. Look what he says in verse number 10. For we are his workmanship. That word workmanship, it, the Greek word for that is poema. That's what, it, that, what, what workmanship is translated from. We get the word poem from that. We are his poem. We are his work of art. We are his masterpiece. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Now, not works to be created in Christ Jesus, but works because we're created in, in Christ Jesus. These aren't works that we do for, to gain eternal life. This is works we do because we have eternal life. He says, we're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That we should walk in them. How do we know if we're alive? Our walk gives us a way. Our walk gives us a way. Our walk, our way of conducting ourselves in this world is kingdom-oriented. It's about God. It's God-centered. It's a life lived in the good works that God has prepared for us before time began. That's a life lived in Christ. It's all about your walk. How is your walk? Jesus follower, how is your walk today? Is it centered in Christ? Are you walking in the good works that God has prepared for you? He has prepared good works for you to do in this world. Are you walking in a way that brings him glory? Are you walking in a way that makes him known? Are you walking in a way that makes uh, his kingdom known to the world, that blesses the world because of your walk in him? How's your walk? How's your walk? 
what do you think would happen if all Jesus followers actually believed this? What if we actually believe this? What if we actually believe that I am alive in Christ and I am uniquely purposed in Christ for good works in this earth? What if I actually believed that and pursued it? What if we left this time together and dedicated ourselves to that idea, dedicated ourselves to that belief that we have a, a good work to do in this world and we're actually uniquely purposed to do it? What do you think the world would look like? Would it be different? What do you think your world would look like? Would it be different? Your sphere of influence, the people that you know, your family, your, your workplace, your neighborhood, would it be different? Guys, let's just don't learn this and walk away. Let's receive this and walk away determined to walk with Christ in the way that he's purposed us to walk. And listen, if you don't know Jesus, you don't know his life, can I just tell you the same thing the guy told me when I was 19 years old, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants it so badly that he literally died to get it. He gave his life away. He paid for your sin with his own life. He took your death upon himself and he's offering you today his gift of salvation. Will you take it? Will you receive it? Please receive that gift today. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. What an amazing thing it is to be alive in you. Thank you so much for the great gift of life that we have in Christ. And God, I just pray that we would walk in the thing that you've uniquely purposed us to walk in, the good works that you've called us to that might change this world. God, please make us an influence in this world. And for anyone who does not know you, please, God, would they receive your gift today. We ask in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you have questions or would like to contact us for prayer, please email us at info at visitgracechurch.com. For more information about our ministries, location, and service times, go to visitgracechurch.com.